Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. Today we're visiting the Department of Parapsychology here at the University of South Mims. One of the more groundbreaking departments, it's safe to say they are pioneers at the frontiers of knowledge. Today I have been invited to the Basalt Pyramid to talk to Professor Nimrod Phipps about, well, actually I don't really understand what it is about. I'll get him to explain. Professor Phipps. Thanks for coming over. Well, before we go any further, I would like to comment on this basalt pyramid that we're in, um, which you've had built in the department. It does seem to be a pyramid. Well, is it actually made of basalt? Well, not as such, no. Basalt is very expensive, and as you know from your last visit, our work here is so... um out there in the common parlance, that our existence is by no means secure. Well, parapsychology is not a recognised discipline, is Exactly. It? South Mims has been very forward-looking in its approach to us, but we have to cut the financial mustard in order to survive. So, although we thought a basalt pyramid would be a good environment to hold seminars in, we've had to make do with fiberglass and a bit of cardboard for now. You can't really tell the difference, can you? Well, I'm, I'm not really sure what basalt looks like. Well, it looks like that. Well, fair enough. Also, they let us use the old caretaker's house and grounds. This whole area used to be the old caretaker's house. Well, did there used to be an old caretaker? Yes, there was. He used to look after the whole site, but they got rid of him, and they replaced him with uh, Wow. What's wow? Working on whispers. It's a new 21st century, extremely sensitive computerised security system with Serbian guards, closed-circuit TV and vans with dogs. Very swish, very expensive. And there have only been 15 break-ins since they took over, two years ago. Well, amazing. I mean, how many break-ins were there when the old caretaker was around? Oh, none, I don't think. Well, he was a complete bastard. He used to have a shed and a torch. Well, don't they have torches now? No. Health and safety. Batteries are dangerous, aren't they? Oh, well, I'm sure they are. Uh, anyway, we've got a bit distracted, I think. Uh, what were you going to tell me about? Ah, yes. Well, we've been looking into alternative healing and philosophies. Right, well, that's definitely your area. Absolutely. Lots of what they call alternative medicine works from examining different parts of the body from the one affected. The feet, for example, have areas which connect with other organs. The heart, perhaps. And you can often diagnose problems by looking at the iris of somebody's eye. That's true. Apparently, you can tell a lot about somebody's liver by looking at their nipples. Nipples? Really? It's all interrelated. But there doesn't seem to be much connected with the legs. The feet? Yes. Below the legs. But not the legs themselves. What about above the legs? The buttocks, you mean? Well, I was thinking more of the stomach. Well, that's too far up. The Chinese are very big on the buttocks. All that yin and yang stuff. There being two of them. Buttock A, buttock B. The Chinese have more or less cornered the market there. There's some kind of connection with ancient cannibalism, but I need to draw our attention down to the legs. Well, that's fine with me. One of our PhD students was up in the Himalayas. The where? Uh, maybe you know them as the Himalayas. Everest and so on. India. You have to pronounce it Himalayas nowadays, if you want to get grants and things from the Department of International Development. Anyway, he went up there. He was looking for a particular Sanskrit scroll 
that he found referred to by a scholar in a seminary in West Lothian. Mm, this sounds a bit like the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? It's all a bit complicated. Too much to go into now. We put it all in our grant application. We tried both England and Scotland, played one off against the other, and both came up trumps. What on earth was that? Nothing. Pay it no heed. Well, OK. Right, OK. So, armed with our various grants, my student approached the foothills of Mount Makaloo. Where is that? Near Everest, in the Himalayas. Here he found a small monastery, and there, indeed, he discovered the scrolls referred to before, guarded by a one-eyed monk wearing a simple loincloth, cut above the knee, exactly as described in our grant application, which, incidentally, was successful. Amazing. Did he get the scrolls? No, 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 he was perfectly well. Oh, <laughs> I, see. I see what you mean. No, 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 no. You're not allowed to take them out of the country. Elgin marbles and so on. But he was allowed to make a copy of them, and I have it here. Have a look. Oh, thank you. Yes, well, um, <laughs> well, I can't speak Sanskrit, but I will try and describe some of the writing to our listeners. Um, one symbol keeps recurring, and there's one right here. Uh, there seems to be a repetition of a downward stroke, and oh, here's another one. Um, and then what appears to be an arrow pointing to it. What, a bit, a bit like our letter K? Exactly like our letter K. And of course, the pen strokes on our letter K on the right side are like a bended knee. The scrolls were a major discovery. What had he discovered? The cult of the knee. What, what was that? Uh, the wind, I think. It's the effect of the basalt. But I, I thought this was made of fibreglass. Uh, it's the shape. The pyramid shape. Nothing to do with what it's made of. OK, sorry. So, right, the, the cult of the knee. Yes. The knee is a very neglected area in Western society and medicine. But in the Himalayas, it's quite a different story. The knee is seen as a footprint of the soul. Why do you think the knee is so neglected? To be honest, I think it's because they don't look very nice. To westernise, anyway. Don't they? Well, you think of knobbly knee contests at holiday camps, and often a very shapely woman's leg can be let down by the knees. Do you really think so? Oh yes, you have a look next time. The airbrush is used on knees more than anything else. Are yours any good? Well, I don't know. I've never really studied them. Well, exactly. You haven't, have you? Shall we? You want to look at my knees? Just a quick glance. Might help the podcast. Well, OK, I'll roll up my trousers. Uh, well, there. OK, OK, as knees go, quite well formed. Not particularly knobbly, which is a shame, as it would have backed up my point. But they could have been. Well, I've never really thought about them. Aha! Exactly so. We don't, do we? Until something goes wrong. So that does prove my point. They are not the most uh, glamorous of body parts, often overlooked. OK, so what do they connect with? I beg your pardon? Well, you were saying that different organs are interconnected. I, I'm sorry, you seem a little preoccupied, uh, Professor Phipps. Uh, distracted. <coughs> <gasps> what, 
No, what was that? That that sounded like that sounded like a wolf or something. Ah, uh, exactly that. A wolf or something. We are not far from the Department of Zoology. They have wolves. Well, it sounded very near. No, 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 a long way away. It's a big wolf they have there. Sounds near, but it's far. Yes. Sorry. The voice. That is the connection with the knees. The knees and the voice. So you are saying that voice problems can be detected through the knees? According to the scrolls, yes. And you see there is a cross-mountain connection. The Himalayas, the Alps. We realised there was a connection there once we started investigating, putting two and two together. The Himalayas and the Alps. Please explain. Yodelling. That's the strange sort of singing they do in Switzerland, isn't it? Yes. I'll play you a bit. But, okay, what does that have to do with it? If you look at a Swiss yodeler, he will always be wearing lederhosen. Yes. Short trousers with the knees bare. Oh, I see. The cold alpine wind on the knees stimulates the vocal cords of the yodeler. You see the connection? And that has been going on for thousands of years. Well, that's amazing. What an incredible theory, Professor Phipps. There's more. Now, what was, now, what was that? What? It sounded like someone soaring. Soaring? I didn't hear anything. It's the wind again. Pyramid shape, you know. Now, monks. What about them? They kneel, don't they? At altars and so on. And then they sing. Plain song. See the connection there? The kneeling on the knees stimulates the voice and they sing better. Once you realise what's going on, it all seems to make sense. There's a strong connection between the knees and the voice. The cult of the knee. The K letter. And then, of course, it hit me. One of those things that you've looked at all the time, but never actually seen. How do you make the phonetic sound of knee? Mm, e. Exactly. N-E. No K sound. Just N-N. That's it. That's the clue. At some point, at the dawn of letters, the K was put in front to remind us about the cult of the knee. The knee that the K symbol represents. It's there, right at the beginning of the word. Good heavens, that is extraordinary. I never noticed. Nobody ever noticed. A clue from the dawn of time. Well, the dawn of letters, as we said. Clearly there was a crossover from the Sanskrit. Even now we are working on it. So there you are. Another triumph for the Department of Parapsychology. So that's why you asked me over to do the podcast? Yes. No. What do you mean? There's, uh, there's more. I'm not sure if this is fitting for a podcast. What's on your mind, Professor Phipps? You know all those strange sounds? Yes. That I said was the wind? Yes. It wasn't the wind. We've got, uh... It's, um, a poltergeist. A what? You've, you've got a what? I mean, uh, isn't that a kind of ghost? Yes, it is. A real ghost? Possibly. It might not be. 
It might be one of the students having a joke. I had to fail a couple of them last year. It might be revenge. But if it is, a lot of work has gone into it. I do fear it's a poltergeist, a real one. But <coughs> you should be dancing about with delight, though. You are the Department of Parapsychology. This is what you study, and, and now you've got one. No, 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 you don't understand. Suppose this were the Department of Zoology, and I said, today we're going to study tigers. And we're going to do that not by standing outside an enclosure and looking at a tiger, but going right in there with it. I see what you mean, but are poltergeists dangerous? I don't know. Nobody knows. I don't really want to find out. Close up, I mean. What does poltergeist mean? I mean, it's German, is it? Yes, it is. It means noisy ghost in German. Well, this one certainly is. And what do they do? I mean, they just... do they just rattle chains? No, no, they are mischievous. They levitate things. They throw things around. So this is what I imagined would happen if I held a poltergeist class. During the actual class, with the students there, nothing would happen. I would say, come out, poltergeist! And it wouldn't. Then the second the class had gone, it would come out and do something. It would make a noise or break a mug. What do they look like? They don't look like anything. They're invisible and they throw things around. So you think they actually exist? That's the problem with our department. We deal with things that are difficult to examine or prove in the normal way. We are trying to find out if they do exist. There you go. Uh, well, what was that? Was that me? No. Was it you? No. Was it the wind? Now, usually, that would be funny. But you see, it could be doing that to object to me saying it might not exist. Or it could be a hoax. Yes. Anything is possible today with hidden speakers and so on. Are poltergeists common? Oh, yes. There have been many occurrences. Some were hoaxes. They go back centuries. Scratching Fanny. Pardon? Famous case in the 18th century. It was in Cock Lane, of all places, in the City of London. That turned out to be a hoax, but some weren't. A lot remained unexplained. Often associated with uh, young gals. There was one down the road in Enfield, North London, not long ago. Got quite famous. I think that was a hoax. Any idea who it could be? I mean, if it's a ghost? Yes, I have. The old caretaker. We're sitting in his kitchen right now. Well, where his kitchen used to be. Wow, well, that's a bit spooky. Exactly. So what happened to him? Not sure. I mean, did he, did he die? Well, you think he could still be alive belching behind that sofa? Oh, my God! That came from behind the sofa. Well, well go, go and look. You go and look. The lights have dimmed a bit too, haven't well, they? No, I didn't notice anything. No, no you, you go and look, go and look. I mean, you're the parapsychologist. Oh, don't say that. I didn't want to be. I really wanted to do interior design. But my father thought it wasn't manly. Things were different then. Well, you'd better go and have a look. I am genuinely nervous. I'm supposed to be relaxed about this kind of thing. OK, here don't, I go. Don't worry, I'm here. I'll be watching you. Anything? Nothing. And the lights are back. Look, look, to me this feels like a hoax. I mean, they must have known we were going to, to record this podcast. No! The point about poltergeist is that they are mischievous. If it really is one, it is behaving just as it should. 
No, we, we were talking about the uh, old caretaker. I did hear that he was dead. What I do know is that he very much resented being replaced. By wow. Well, yes, but you would think he would haunt them, not me. Well, I suppose it's hard to haunt a digital service. You, uh... See that desk over there? Oh, what, the big one? Yeah. It's moved. It was not that far over. Well, when? When you came in. It was further over. Are you sure? Quite sure. That desk has moved while we have been talking. Oh, no. We need to look behind the desk. I mean... If there is a ghost, it's clearly inviting us to, or well, it might solve the mystery. Or there might be a student behind it. Come with me. We'll approach from both sides so it can't escape. Well, oh, the lights have really gone down now. I can't believe this. After all my years in parapsychology, I might be about to confront my first ghost. And I just feel... What? A mess. A mess. Come on, let's do it. Are you still recording? Y yes, no, I'll just I'll put the mic over here, okay. Let's, right, let's... okay, get a grip. You go that way. Yeah, okay. I'll go this way. Easy does it. Careful. It might jump out at us. Okay, all right. No, I can't see anything. There, over there, look, in the corner. The pitch is moving. <laughs> Okay, that's it. This is real. We have a poltergeist with a very edgy sense of humour. The worst kind. There goes a Tibetan kettle. We're going to have to decide what to do about this. It could be a disaster, or it could be a lot of good. Stop recording. Stop recording. Okay, so uh, there we are, ladies no, 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 and gentlemen. Stop. Uh, uh, will be more stop. from the Department of Parapsychology and a please. real unintentional please experiment with a haunting. Please and, uh, turn it off right uh, now. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>